I'm Ron Powell McLean, and this is The Backyard Buddhist. Welcome. So it's just me this week. I've been doing a lot of thinking, a lot of practicing lately, and I know a lot of us are really struggling in a number of ways with pandemic and you know here in the US this crazy election and i know for me it's just put a a little extra log or two or five on the fire <laughs> the fire of things like anxiety and depression and just a general feeling of unrest this is not you know something that is brand new to me i certainly have felt these sensations and thoughts before in my life and i would say it's not the worst experience i've had but i find myself continually in this experience of being tired but wired so that feeling like i'm restless and i need to do something but don't really feel super motivated to do anything so it's it's been a bit of a struggle for me and just to find a bit of balance so you know as i do i practice a lot and read a lot i've also been trying to give myself a little bit of a an opportunity to explore some general distraction mindfully but giving myself kind of the pass to just lose myself in you know a netflix <laughs> series i i found myself entrenched with the show Madam Secretary. And I was really excited because there were um, six pretty long seasons. Well, the sixth of the season was, you know, not the, the longest of, of all of them, but um, more, I think the term is truncated. But I really found some you know, some delightful uh, respite watching some scripted drama where I could just take a break away from my own stresses. But admittedly, I have avoided a lot of political <laughs> affiliation or drama. Um, my husband, however, is um, pretty obsessed with CNN. If he has a day off, I can typically just hear it running for hours in another room because I pretty much flee, <laughs> go do something else. And my, my dislike of shows or networks like that is that I feel like they just find things to talk about to just 
reiterate and reiterate and hash over the same topic over and over again. And let's bring someone else on to voice their opinion and so on and so forth. And it's a, a bit exhausting for me. I prefer to get my news from CBS. I like, you know, I like to watch um, Gail King in the morning and Nora O'Donnell in the evening and just get a bit. And I don't watch it every day uh, because especially here and now, I feel like it's more of the same. So I try to, you know, just maybe do one or the other. Lately, I've been sleeping a little bit later uh, because I've been staying up a little later. So I haven't been up uh, to watch Gail and the, the crew on CBS this morning, but I digress. I have avoided a lot of these, uh, you know, getting too deep in the drama of of politics, because I know in, at the end of the day, it's not a, the end all and be all, and that there are more things that are important in life. But obviously, this election has drawn my attention um, with the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who, you know, helped champion my rights and my right to marry marry my husband. And that feels like uh, a shot to fire it across my bow and makes me a bit uneasy. And, you know, there's some resentment and anger that arises within that which threatens my, <laughs> my marriage and my legal marriage. So, as I've said, I have avoided things political. And then I find myself deep in this drama. I have to admit, I love Taya Leone. I actually love a lot of the characters on Madam Secretary. And I have, <laughs> um, you know, found myself just losing, uh, you know, losing my, um, <laughs> my, my here and now consciousness and just um, following along with the drama. So I've been watching that and I suddenly sort of found myself uh, nearing the end um, because I binged. I've not binged very many series in my life, but that um, was one. And I've been taking mental breaks and going and watching a few episodes at a time. And it's been good. I'm entertained. It's not terribly violent, which I like. I tend to shirk away from anything super violent. So I found myself in the last season and getting a little nervous that I was going to not have something to distract myself. And I'll also admit that I am an avid reader. I read a lot. And I'll also admit that typically if I'm reading, I'm reading a Buddhist book. I'm reading a Buddhist author or an idea or a specific practice or, you know, something of the like. Every now and then I'll read something else that's, you know, maybe nutrition oriented or 
you know, something else. Uh, but rarely ever do I read uh, fiction anymore. I used to find a little uh, respite in that, but not much lately. Um, I also occasionally read a biography or a memoir. And I found myself interested in Chastin Buttigieg's book, um, I Have Something to Tell You. And, you know, I, I'll admit, I'm admitting a lot of things today, but I really like Mayor Pete, and I like the, the sort of calm and professionalism that he brought to his presidential run. And although I find him extremely young, him and Justin both, um, but in a refreshing way that I have, you know, looked and found myself interested in them and their life and what's the story behind this. So I thought, you know, that's a, that's a good place for me to land. I'll, I'll read his book. So I downloaded it um, onto my Kindle and began reading and, you know, found a, I found a similar, a similar person, a similar personality to myself. So I related and relate a bit to Chastin. In, you know, there's some admissions from him of, you know, lack of focus when it came to education and things like that. And, um, you know, a little difficulty in coming out and what that meant. And, you know, the, the general baggage that you develop with yourself over who you are and what you are and where you are and what you would like to contribute where you find your value. So I related and I finished his book, which I had planned to make last a little longer, but I was captivated. And then I finished watching Madam Secretary in tears, by the way. And I found a lot of, um, there were a lot of episodes that hit very close to home and very close to our current situations. So, you know, it's, it's not clearly uncommon for many of the issues that we're seeing manifest um, from our political climate. They're not unusual, apparently, <laughs> because they're portrayed years before um, in a scripted drama. But for me, I found myself understanding a little more of the intricacies of how our government works and how decisions are made and not made and how they are corrupted. And this made me a little anxious. I will, I'll tell you that 
it's made me a, a bit more anxious than I started out. Uh, so I found myself at the end of that series. My sister says that I should start watching The West Wing, which I never watched. There are also six seasons of that. And I do have it queued up in my in my Netflix shows to watch. I have it queued up and I have a long running crush on Rob Lowe. I will admit that. My husband knows. So it's okay. <laughs> anyway, I have considered watching it. I haven't started yet. But then I watched um, the documentary film on MSNBC the other evening about Pete Souza, um, who was a staff photographer for both Ronald Reagan and Barack Obama. And I learned a lot from watching that show and found myself again in tears where he was comparing him, comparing um, through photographs, the vast difference between the current Trump administration and the Obama administration. And apparently it was news to me that on Instagram, he had been posting photos um, in response to the current president's uh, tweets and actions as an example of here's how it should be done, which also made me nervous and made me anxious and brought me to tears. So I watched that, I think that was Friday evening. And then immediately after I found myself restless and looking, I'm gonna need another distraction. So I, downloaded Mayor Pete's new book, Trust. And I sat up until three o'clock in the morning reading about trust and realizing how little I have, how little I have in our current administration. And of course, anxiety <laughs> and, and depression, which sort of, sort of define um, a lot of my experience, which you know, anxiety is probably the most prevalent ailment in my in my personal being. I'm just saying that in a very vulnerable way, I'm realizing now. But anxiety is the one thing that I know that I am dealing with. When I sit down on my cushion, when I sit down to practice, I look for the discomfort that anxiety has shown a light on. So that's important to me and important that I allow it to shine rather than, rather than turning away and distracting myself with things like Netflix and <laughs> books and food. I'm not a big drinker, so I don't, uh, I don't find myself, you know, drunk or, or high or, or anything like that. Food is my vice. Um, and depression and anxiety are also 
my MO, my modus operandi. So I ask myself a lot, what, what is my suffering and where is it? Where is it in my body? Where is it in my experience? I know it's in my mind and my body both. So I, I often look for the physical aspects first to have tightness, um, an ache in my belly, um, in my tensing or clamping my jaw. I'll do that. Um, I hold a lot of stress in my, my traps, my, my shoulders. My massage therapist and my physical therapist will both tell you that they're like rocks. So, and my chiropractor, my team of <laughs> specialists. So trust has been on my mind um, while reading, reading through this book. And I'll, I'll, I'll also tell you that, so it's taking me a bit longer to get through Mayor Pete's book um, and mainly because it is stirring some discomfort that I feel it's important for me to work through, use my practice to work through. And that's the idea of trust. And it's funny how, you know, a, a book like that, that isn't really focused on my trust issues, um, but just the introduction of how trust plays a factor in our own reactions. And reactions are, you know, near and dear to me. I know that through my practice that everything that I experience as a human human being, a human doing, that it is based on my reactions. So when I can sort of take that step back and see from that state of natural awareness that these are human reactions, that it allows me to take a deeper dive and understand what it is that is really going on so that I don't just have unconscious repetitive reactions to my current situation, whatever my experience is. So I've also often been asked as a teacher, why Buddhism seems to focus so much on suffering. My answer to that is that none of us showed up here to find relief from our overwhelming or ever-present persistent joy. We're all suffering at a degree that we're looking for relief. We're looking for help. So we focus on finding that relief from our suffering and discomfort and dissatisfaction, not to replace our suffering with joy, but to find a state of ease and perpetual okayness. I always lean in. I haven't always, but the past few years, I have leaned into the first teaching of Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha, Shakyamuni Buddha, first Buddha, 
and the, that's the four noble truths in it we know that and i'm paraphrasing with my own understanding here as well that truth number one is that suffering discomfort dissatisfaction exist in our experience even though we find a lot of ways to distract ourselves from that discomfort Truth number two is that there is a cause for this experience of discomfort. And the cause for that very discomfort is our attachment, our human attachment. Truth number three is that there is a possibility of relieving that state of dissatisfaction in our human experience. Truth number four is that by opening our minds and hearts to awakened awareness, we can and will see the attachment as human reaction and let go of our stranglehold on that reactive fear that is the nature of attachment. There is no suffering discomfort or dissatisfaction that cannot be relieved by this practice. Turning directly toward our discomfort is simply to identify that we are experiencing a state of unrest regarding our individual experience. Once we have identified the discomfort itself, we can seek the cause of it through insight and patient inquiry. Then and only then can you effectively utilize the wisdom and compassion achieved through that exploration to relieve the tight grip of attachment that causes this struggle. There's not simply one issue to be relieved. So it's not just like flicking a switch and everything is now better. We chip away and chip away and chip away or sweep away as we go. Each of us has a lifetime of conditioning that has compounded our unrest and developed in despair, anxiety, and depression. The good news is that once you have released your grasp on your attachment mindfully and attentively, then your path is paved for the continued relief of your suffering. Once you do it once, it's easier and easier to do it again and again. So let's begin by asking yourself, what is troubling you? Take a direct look. What is the most prevalent discomfort that you're experiencing right now in this moment? What is it? What is its nature? Is it physical or mental? It's probably both. They're both interconnected, interdependent, when we have stressful thoughts, our physical body will mirror those stressful thoughts. 
and vice versa. If our body is tense, our physical experience is struggle and suffering, our mental state will follow. So where is it? How does it feel? Where do you feel it? What are the individual elements of this experience of suffering or dissatisfaction, struggle? As you continue to identify this, what is the attachment that is associated with your experience? I'll, I'll tell you through my own experience and through my own exploration of my suffering, I find that the most common denominator is fear. So let's pull the wool off our eyes. Let's take a direct look and in regard to that struggle or suffering, what is my fear? What is my fear in regard to that attachment? And the attachment, just, just to be super clear, that attachment can be attachment to even discomfort. Because it's familiar, we often grasp onto it, hold onto it commit ourselves unconsciously to that struggle. We think this is what we deserve. We think that this is just a condition because of the experience that we have, that we have had, maybe something from, you know, the perceived past that you keep perpetuating in this, in this moment, an experience that has left trauma and you, unconsciously or consciously continue to bring up that trauma in this current moment, this moment where everything's happening. We continue to ring the bell of that past trauma. So as you explore, think about your fears. And some common fears are death and dying, old age, sickness, poor health, pain, not being lovable, not being enough, being alone, or losing what we have. I keep that list close by. It's actually written in the cover of a, a little notebook that I have right next to my meditation seat. And I, as I explore, because I want to check in, I check in as I sit down with my experience, what's going on today? Where am I struggling? Where do I have discomfort? Where is there their anxiety or depression? And what is its cause? And that list, just going through that 
list of eight, eight-ish options. I can typically find the cause of that discomfort. And sometimes you have to distill it down. Sometimes we think, oh, my discomfort is because of that person who made me feel that way. Or it's this pandemic. I'm bare, you know, I'm I'm blaming it on the pandemic. But go further. Take responsibility. This suffering comes from within you, not from outside. It's your own reactions that are the suffering. So it's important to really take ownership and look. What is my fear? What is causing my struggle, my suffering, my discomfort or dissatisfaction? And how can I release my grasp on that? To me, awareness sanctifies everything. So when I can focus on that understanding, that knowing, I can release the grip in a compassionate, mindful, wise way. So I can continue to move on, release, release, release. And we're looking for perpetual okayness, not exuberant joy or the depths of despair. Understanding middle path is understanding that joy is one extreme and despair is another. And the middle of that path is just okayness. So we're looking for, striving for okayness, where everything is just as it is. And our understanding can be just as it is. It's not about fixing other people. It's not about fixing the conditions of our world. It's not about changing the political guard. It's not about healing all the sick or changing the minds of those who seem to oppose us. But instead, switch the light on within our own inner depths. See our own reactions, those things that are so near and dear. In doing so, in doing this exercise and understanding yourself, you will then understand every other human reacting, reacting to fears, reacting to anxiety, depression. Our fears are relative. They're relative to our human experience. In the ultimate space, nothing matters. And in the relative space where we live, 
everything matters. And these are not separate. They're not exclusive. One exists within the other. Understanding that inclusivity allows us to understand that too. Well, one thing will understand that this is one experience, not two. So our practice is not all about suffering. And it's not all about happiness or joy. It's okayness. And okayness exists within our ultimate understanding, our relative understanding of our own experience, internal experience. So remembering that there is dissatisfaction all around us, each moment, turn and look within. And sometimes you need a little bit of distraction that's coordinated and mindful. And don't be afraid to take a bliss break and go get a massage or take a walk in nature and lose yourself in the focus of the trees. Or maybe thinking about a loved one. Knowing that you're doing this mindfully brings it into the present moment. Intentional. Just don't do it all the time. Presence is the key. This moment is the key. This moment, the only moment. The past is a memory and the future is a thought. This present moment where you can feel the sensations of your breath Put your hand over your heart and feel it beating. It's beating in this moment. So your attentive awareness is the most powerful it will ever be right here and now. So use this time wisely to understand and with understanding comes ease and peace and calm and perpetual okayness. So thanks for tuning in with me this week. I'm so excited to see all the people from around the world that are downloading and listening. This podcast it means the world to me to know that we are in this way connected. So I'll be back again next week. I've got a couple special guests that I've lined up. We'll return again and talk about the practical nature of this enlightened journey. Remember, you must be present to win.
by now.